Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Happy Valentine's Day. It is the 14th of February, and we are celebrating one of my favorite topics, which is love. Even though it's all focused on romantic love, I know that kids give their moms or their dads Valentine's cards, friends at school. When we were little, we used to pass out like Valentine's cards. We used to go buy them and put everybody's name on them, and we'd count how many we got. And, of course, we got as many as there were kids in the class, but we still counted, and that was cool. And they still do that with the younger kids. And they do have parties in school. So to me, this is just a celebration, not only of love, but just focus. Focus for a whole week on love, on the people we love, and why we love them, and we tell them. So there's a lot of good juju in the air. So I hope you guys are enjoying that part of it. And I was going to start today. I I had had a question, but I, I got it yesterday. I was working with this beautiful young girl, and imagine somebody who never really heard about self-love ever before. And I let her talk, and she's talking, and it took a while to get there, but she asked me, I think I don't love myself. How do people do that? Especially when it's been taken away. When you were a really young child. And what blew my mind about the question was that I actually felt bad that she never heard the show. Or she never read the book. She didn't know any of that. She just knew someone who knew me and asked to come. And I thought, wow, think about how far everyone's come. Think about how far the conversations about self-love have come. And how much it's just a normal conversation to understand what that even means. So to have to tell or talk to somebody at the very beginning, didn't know about the classes, didn't know about anything, just came raw because she was in really deep emotional pain. And I thought, where do I start? And I know that sounds like a a silly question for me to come up with. But I had a blank slate in front of me. How can I learn to be better to myself? How can I learn to love myself? So I thought about it. And I, I said to her, for the next seven days, you know, the seven-day challenge we have because I've seen it work with everybody. 
I said, you have to learn to hear your own voice so that you know who you love. And sometimes, unless you actually hear it coming at you, you don't see yourself as a person. And I didn't want to give her everything at one time because it would just overload. If someone gave me everything at one time, it would overload my own brain. So that that whole thing about recording your voice that became the nuts and bolts of myself, of me learning me, even through the writing, which was in, a, in another way recording my voice. It was really kind of just sobering to see how much more I have to do and that I have to find a way, which we are working on, and we're in the thick of it right now getting this out there because when I see stuff on the internet or I see something on Instagram and they're talking about self-love I'm like oh wow that's out there but it's not as out there as I thought kind of blew me away or how much you know if I post something I think the world saw it because a lot of people see it especially on the author page, we don't get that many clicks, but we get a lot of scenes. So people just like kind of being voyeurs, and that's fine because for me, no matter who sees it, I know that they will never forget it because the truth doesn't get forgotten. It will show up somewhere in their mind. And to that point, I got an inbox today saying, Nadia, I'm sick, I have a cough and a very bad cold. And I remember about a year ago, you did a post about talking to your pain. And and it's true, there is talking to our pain. We can talk to our pain. We can get ourselves better because they found, and this is study after study, and there's a city of hope, it's called City of Hope, it is a hospital for cancer patients in Duarte, California. And, and, and that, you know, because it's close, I don't realize that people travel from as far as Germany to come and treat their, their cancer here. But they have little cottages around the hospital so that if your family comes with you, they can stay there because they did studies that when family is around, when the person, the patient, believes in something bigger than life, that they have a higher rate of surviving their illness, their cancer. So there's a lot to be said for positive affirmations and thought. So to the woman who wrote me about having the cold, just keep telling yourself, I've gotten over how many colds by now. I'll get over this one. Yes, they feel like when I cough, my whole head shakes because it will. But you will get over the cold at some point. And my biggest thing that I want to tell people 
and I know it sounds very drastic and dramatic about not being scared of dying because everyone always thinks they're going to die. Let that go. You'll only die when it's time for you to go home, when you are done here. Nobody will die prematurely, even though we may say gone too soon, even though we may say, my God, that's sad, because we have to feel that or we would not be able to survive. But while we are here, we have the option of talking to our pain, of talking to ourselves, of telling ourselves and reminding ourselves of everything we've gotten over to this day. To this day. So just know that. And if you didn't hear this, and I'll write you and ask you, I will tell you again. So another question, and this one was on the page, and I actually hid it because I thought to myself, it's just, it's, it's depressing, but I will read it to you and we'll go from there. Did you ever, do, did you ever forget the feeling of suicide? I am aware that God that got over is different, forgiveness, again, different as well. However, is it possible to forget the feeling? Does it really become something of forever or never? And I don't, I don't even almost get where the question is, but do you forget suicide? A lot of people, and, and even including the young lady I, I was with yesterday, we all feel at some point in our life, that I just want to leave. We get overwhelmed. We get tired. We feel unloved. And most of that comes from ourselves, but we don't know that yet. We want to show people how mad we are or make them feel bad. But killing ourselves is something that over time, once we pass that, work in the road we say oh yeah I remember I wanted to do that but the best story I have for suicide was my 88 year old friend she is now going to be 91 in March but she told me when she was 88 and she was talking about when she was about 33 years old which is my entire lifetime 57 years ago my entire lifetime and we were having breakfast and she said to me you know when I was about 33 34 years old I tried to kill myself but she really tried like she went through the actions and someone found her it was her husband and they took her to the hospital and then nobody ever talked about it again not even her And she said, and talk about a telling moment, but she said, yeah, you know, I tried to kill myself then. I remember that I woke up in the hospital and I remember being told my husband found me, but I can't remember why. And when she said that, I thought, that's a big moment in life. If I went as far as crying, someone found me and I was in a hospital 
I probably would remember all the details. But she made it to 88 by then, and she couldn't remember. Why? What was in her mind that made her want to take her own life away from herself? Because that's what we're doing. And ever since I saw Christ and the whole conversation about, well, suicides come back, I thought, oh, my gosh, do you know what humans did about suicide? They made it illegal. But how could you make something illegal if there's a success for the person and they actually really did it? And I don't know if we'd call that success, but I mean that it actually happened. Suicide is a very serious topic because when somebody is in that frame of mind, it is scary as heck. And a lot of times, they will not say anything to anybody. They will not say anything. Some will leave a note, some will not, but it is not a healthy frame of mind to be. And I do want to say to anybody listening, that if you ever have those feelings, because currently you're not forgetting what's hurting you, and you feel like the pain is above you and not below you, like it's not controllable, the only way out is to stop it. Get help. Talk to someone. Even if it's the suicide hotlines, call because you will make it over that hump. And hopefully one day you won't remember what made you want to do that. It is facing our biggest fear, which is death, but us facing it, ourselves, by ourselves, which has got to be so so hard. I mean, everyone's gone through that time. I remember even myself. I never really thought about how or I, I just was upset with what was going on around me, but I really felt isolated. But thank God it passed and, and I, I didn't even know to talk to anyone at that time. And that's why I want to say now. The last question on that is, did it become something of forever? Nothing is forever. Everything is as long as we want it to be. Every challenge we have, we can solve. We have the tools to solve it if we seek out those tools. If we seek them out. The second question was, if you are lying for someone else and you actually do not want to lie, however, you do not see a way out, and it goes back to the reasons why, kind of, you go back to an injury of yours, too, and the other person doesn't care about the lie, however, if you pull out, both will be in trouble, not only you. What are ways you can handle that? Question the company you keep. If you're lying for someone, why do you have to lie for someone else? Why do you choose to allow yourself to lie for someone else? No one's making you do anything. I don't care who it is or why. 
when we die, and this is something I, I just never will forget, when we go back home and we're standing before God and you say to God, well, he made me do it. He didn't say, I'm not asking you about him. He'll have his own time. Why did you do it? Because you did it. No one made you do it. You did it. You made a choice to do it, even if it was because of your own injury. You did it. That's something I have a very low tolerance for within myself, and that's excuses. That whole excuse buffet, well, they made me do it. It's because of them. Well, why were you there? Out of the billions of people you can choose in our world, you chose someone who is going to make you lie for them. For them. We are watching at this point in our history on an open stage in our world turning lies into truth. They're blatant lies, and we all know they're lies. And everyone says, well, we'll just say this, and then the people will buy it, or we'll say it enough. And the more we say it, the more it becomes true, even though it's still not true. And no one can, no one can fight it. So it looks like. But we're watching that. At the end of the day, each one of those people who are covering up a lie for whatever reason they are, personal, public, but we know that it's a lie. It's been proven that it's a lie. And we still have to take responsibility for our actions if we went along with it. God doesn't care what everyone does around you. Because that's not your lesson. Your lesson isn't their lesson. Whatever they have to do, they're going to do. You can't be someone else's free will for them. You cannot. But you can be your own representative. Representing your soul is your job. I am completely fascinated, completely fascinated by the smoking mirrors. And what people will do to be in a position of power. It's amazing to me. Lie, cheat, steal, threaten, and it's all okay in this day. That may change, but in this day, we are watching complete chaos before us. And it doesn't matter what side you're on because each side thinks it's the other because they are speaking two different languages. Two different languages. This is about politics. I took it from the question about lying, but it's the best example I've got for you. 
I'm not a political person, but you don't have to be a political person. This has bled into the mainstream of setting a stage that accepts these things as a way of business, a way of life, a protocol, precedent. And it's going to be interesting, which it is interesting for me, to see how it all plays out because it's built on a sand house, which I think is amazing. So just know that nobody makes you do anything. Nobody. Nobody forces you to think a certain way. And whatever you do, you do because you wanted to do it. When you say you actually do not want to lie, however, you do not see any way out, how could you not see a way out unless you were involved? And you have a choice to involve yourself or not. What are ways we can handle it? Choose the people you surround yourself with wisely. If you choose people who do that, there's that saying, you know, these old sayings that are so true. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather flock together. And they do. So the other question I had, and I got like three inboxes about this, and I did mention it on the show the other day, but since they may be listening today, the post that we did about cheaters and cheating, and I've been asked over and over again, has somebody cheated on me? The answer is not that I know of, thank God, because if I knew it gets weirder, but That came out of me for someone, for something, maybe even for this time in our history, to take us through the line of the actual happening to the cheater. It's like this answer to the lie. Whatever happens as a result of a lie, the avalanche that follows, that the lie doesn't tell you about, because ego has an entrance plan, but it doesn't have an exit plan. I was learning from that while I was writing it. It was definitely a Christ moment, and I just sat there, and I don't even know what I was going to do after that, but I knew I was getting up. And I sat down and wrote that as long as it took me to type it. I did not even go back, and um, what do you do when you check the word? Spell check it. So that was that was just a, a burp. I call those burps. They just come out, and they're meant to be said. but. Fill in the blank for what the cheating is. It's it's not just against the partner. Because in Origins of Truth, Christ says a cheater is a cheater is a cheater. And ultimately, when we lie, who do we cheat first? Us. As we start to see that in the future of all of our lives, when that comes up, we're going to say, wow, that's all about me. I'm bringing you up to the situation. Just like the lie. I chose to lie. doesn't matter who made me. I chose the people who made me lie. 
I chose them. I brought them into my life. It was my insecurity. I did this. Nobody really made me. Ultimately, I did this. It's like cheating. Did the other person make you cheat with them? You decided. It was a decision. The other question I had on that, which I thought was was a very good question, and it was, if I'm single and the other person is married, am I cheating? Well, let's see. Let's just walk that through. If you are single, because everyone has their own issues with this problem, right? So if you are single and you are cheating with a married person, you are part of cheating that person's family. And that person may find someone else to fill your shoes. And you should say, fine, let them. That isn't real love when you have to cheat. I hate to say it like that, but it isn't. Real love doesn't need to cheat. Real love will come out in the open and say, hey, something's wrong here because I was able to fall in love with this person. And I know it's not easy, but your partner I will guarantee it will accept that over and above finding out you cheated your way out of the relationship. The lying, the cheating, the stealing, we never rest when we take what isn't ours. We never rest. It opens the door for fears, doubt, worries, controls, and guilt all over the map. So much of it is going on that you can't even keep track of it over time. In the beginning, it feels easy because nobody knows yet. It's like nobody expects you to be late yet. But after a while, you, it's like a habit. You, you become late. That becomes who you are. I know, I know a woman whose husband was gone every weekend. They had four young kids. And I was getting divorced, and she would not allow me to tell her kids I was getting divorced and in some ways blamed me for the divorce, my own divorce, even though she was my friend, but she was also our family friend. And I had two kids, and she had four. And I said, but look what's going on here. And she said, I know, but what am I going to do? I have four kids. And I thought, wow, we all have choices, don't we? Over time, our friendship didn't hold water. Did not hold water. Because I was rejected from that friendship. Because I did what couldn't happen in their own marriage. And maybe, you know, they made their choice. I respect it. I respected it. And now over time, her husband passed away. About a year and a half ago now. And I was thinking about her last week. My daughter asked me about her, and I just wish her well in my heart. 
And about four days ago, she sent me a note, a, a text, I guess. It's like a note back in the day. She sent me a text telling me she just had a dream about me. How am I doing? I didn't even write her back yet because I, I, I honestly just didn't know what to say right away. I had to, like, absorb that feeling. But one of the things she said is her husband always loved us. And isn't it sad that we wait until someone dies to tell you that instead of the rejection that I got because of a decision that I made that I wasn't happy about making either. So that compounded the shame and the pain and the whatever people try to put on you. And I had to know the difference between what was theirs and what was mine. But I did tell the truth. And because of that, we were able, after all these years, to reconnect. Because the truth never dies. It never goes away. So if somebody wants you to lie, I would get away from the people I was with that were going to take me down a road that I've already worked my way out of doesn't make sense. It's like wearing a, a size 6 shoe with a size 12 foot. And on that note, have a happy Valentine's Day. I will see you guys on Monday. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.